ethics is a beautiful cacophony of disagreement, I'd say. Well, there's the, uh, the classic kind of contrast that we have in ethics are between three schools of thought, let's put it this way. One is an Aristotelian one, a virtue ethics one, which focuses on the character of the moral person, their virtues and vices, their character traits. The second approach is what we call consequentialist, bases what is right and wrong on what would bring about the best consequences. And a third approach, often called non-consequentialist or rights-based, uh, which has strong roots in the work of Kant, is to focus on the ways you are permitted to and not permitted to treat another person, their rights. And these rights, these people claim, stand in the way of, or at least sometimes stand in the way of doing what would bring about the best consequences. The book, uh, Conversations on Ethics, came about by me basically starting as a uh, philosophy student, reading uh, books that I got very excited about um, by contemporary philosophers, and finding that I wanted to question them about uh, things they were saying in the book. I was, I'd be taking notes saying, oh, this seems right, this seems wrong, uh, why does she say this here? and also curiosity about the people behind the book. I chose to interview not just professional philosophers, but also, say, scientists who've been working on questions in moral psychology, like Daniel Kahneman, a Nobel Prize winner in economics, actually, though his work is in psychology. And his work is on the psychology of intuition. Where do our intuitive judgments come from? Under what circumstances can we trust them and can we not trust them? And he has done work on moral intuitions, where they come from, how dependent they are on circumstances, whether they're trustworthy or untrustworthy. And this is very important for philosophers, I think, because we so often rely on our initial intuitive responses to particular cases. A very common way of arguing in philosophy is, here's a general principle, say, killing is worse than letting die. And then we argue about that general principle by presenting uh, each other with cases, which may appear to show that killing is no worse than letting die, or at least in which our response is that killing is no worse than letting die, or cases that seem to bolster the principle. Now, I think it's very important that we uh, bring in a psychologist who has studied our intuitions and their reliability in a wide range of areas, because I think what goes for intuitions in economics, in decision-making under risk, um, in a variety of other circumstances, probably also goes for our moral intuitions. That is, sometimes they're reliable and sometimes they're not. And we need the help of scientists to figure out when that is. And I think that can help us um, advance our moral debates, have, it, have them done in a, in a more informed manner. The core questions that drive inquiry, can I trust my sense of right and wrong? Are moral judgments objective? 
why should I be moral, are those that anyone is able to ask, that anyone is able to formulate. And the dialogue form, by having one of the parties in the dialogue be an every man or an every woman, uh, forces professionals in the field to answer those questions directly in a manner that um, one hopes anyone can understand. It forces them to speak to the concerns that uh, get us into ethics to begin with. But besides this kind of intellectual aspect of uh, the nature of a dialogue, there's also, I think, two other things which are important about it, both of which we also find in Plato. One is simply the dramatic form, that it's engaging to see two people um, wrestling with a particular question, to have one person have strong views, the other challenging that view. Uh, I remember that uh, in my first year lectures here at LSE, I had teaching assistant who kept interjecting at certain points in my lectures saying, uh, your definition of determinism is wrong for this and this reason. And I would answer him in a minute or two, and then I'd get back to the lecture. And at the end of the year, the students wrote on their forms, many of them said that the best moments in the whole year were my duels, as they put it, the duel that I was fighting with my uh, teaching assistant. So I think it's something immediately engaging, and um, it also stops the the passivity that Socrates was complaining of in ordinary readers, because in a kind of uh, dialogue, a, a back and forth, which has some elements of a contest or a duel, like my students were saying, you, as a spectator, you naturally take sides. And taking sides means thinking about which side to take. Uh, and it means becoming more engaged than you might be by just uh, an ordinary monologic text. And there's one other thing that I think is one of the reasons that Plato chose dialogues, which is that philosophy requires certain attitudes. It, so it takes a certain type of person to really engage properly um, in philosophy. And I think that Plato knew this, and that's why many of his dialogues feature clever, but rather unpleasantly purely competitive characters who kind of try to engage Socrates just for the sake of showing that he's wrong. And, you know, you don't mess with Socrates, so there's some verbal jujitsu goes on. The uh, guy who doesn't really know how to conduct inquiry properly, even though he's very clever, like Trasimachus, for example, in the, in the Republic, gets thrown off the mat. And then the inquiry gets renewed. The same questions get brought up, but by people with kind of the proper attitudes of inquiry. Philosophy requires certain attitudes and virtues like openness, patience, a willingness to be persuaded and kind of seek the truth together even while you're engaged in a kind of um, intellectual combat. For the purpose of this book, which is to make uh, philosophy and different philosophical views accessible, because the core questions that drive inquiry are accessible to everybody. Uh, I think the answer should be, at least in broad outline, accessible to everybody. So for that purpose, I'm hopeful that the dialogues 
are a useful form for doing this. And um, uh, so in, in that respect, I think it's a, it's a good form. But I wouldn't recommend it for all of uh, professional philosophy or try to prescribe what other people should do. Let's see whether people think it works. <laughs>